You're listening to Unabridged, the Christian fiction audiobook podcast. I'm Alana Terry, bringing you engrossing, engaging Christian fiction in bite-sized segments you can take with you on the go. This season's Unabridged Christian fiction audiobook is Termination Dust, an unforgettable suspense novel set in the heart of rural Alaska. Termination Dust is written by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy, and sponsored by The Beloved Daughter, an audiobook about a young girl sent to a North Korean prison camp for her father's Christian faith. The Beloved Daughter has won awards from Women of Faith, Reader's Favorite, The Book Club Network, and several more. The audiobook version is narrated by Kathy Garver, lifelong actress and winner of two Audio Awards. Visit alanaterry.com beloved to get this audiobook free with your Audible trial today. And now, enjoy today's installment of Termination Dust, an Alaskan Refuge Christian Suspense audiobook. Chapter 33 The clinic was only a few minutes away from the hotel, but Kimmy was shaking by the time Meg pulled up in front of the building. She didn't know if it was her body reliving last night's trauma or the adrenaline in her system from fighting with her sister, maybe both. You coming in? she asked Meg, who was still buckled in the driver's seat. Go on ahead. I've got some phone calls to make. Meg adjusted the rearview mirror so she could look at herself as she reapplied her lipstick. Ignoring her, Kimmy helped Pip out of his car seat. Come on, Buster, she whispered in his ear. Let's see if the nurses here can do anything to help you feel better. After checking her brother in, Kimmy sat down with Pip on her lap and started reading a magazine. In the corner, two kids around Pip's age were playing in the children's area, stacking blocks and coloring while their mom scrolled on her cell phone. Kimmy was exhausted. One nice thing about driving all the way to Anchorage with Meg was her sister was a coffee snob and probably knew the best place in the area to get a hot drink. Well, fancy seeing you two here. Kimmy turned around at the familiar voice as a smile worked its way to her lips. Look, Pip, it's Trooper Tanner. Call me Taylor, okay? He stood above them, staring down in a way that reminded Kimmy just how tall he was. He grinned and sat down next to her, and she wondered if she smelled as gross and looked as tired as she suspected. Taylor reached over and offered a playful pout to Pip, who was frowning and leaning against Kimmy's chest. Everything all right? He woke up with a little bit of a fever, she explained. Taylor tousled Pip's hair. Poor little thing. Kimmy wondered what else she was supposed to say. It wasn't like she had any practice running into handsome troopers in doctors' offices, but she figured it wasn't polite to ask something like, So what are you doing here? She stared at her hands, resting on Pip's legs. Did you both sleep okay at the hotel? Taylor asked. She nodded, pressing her lips together, trying to figure out why her brain had suddenly grown incapable of carrying on a simple conversation. Behind them, the two kids argued over a broken crayon until their mom barked at them. Taylor stretched out his legs, looking perfectly at ease. So we still on for dinner tonight? Kimmy flushed. Oh, I'm sorry about that. My sister can be kind of a handful. Well, that doesn't seem like something you need to apologize for, does it? Taylor asked with a grin. No. She tried to smile. 
I just didn't want you to feel like you were forced into anything you didn't want to do. Taylor chuckled. I hate driving to Anchorage. I rarely go in. I'm only doing it because I owe my buddy a pretty big favor. He doesn't have anyone else to take him in time to catch his flight. Does he need a ride? Kimmy asked. We've got room in the back seat. Taylor shook his head. That's not what I meant. I wasn't asking you to drive him in. I'm just saying that knowing I'll be ending the day with you and your brother and some great Chinese food is going to keep me from getting grumpy on the road. Kimmy smiled and forced herself to look away before her flush deepened. Pippin Jenkins, the nurse called out. Ready for you now. Kimmy set her brother down and stood up, facing Taylor. Well, I guess I'll see you tonight. She felt silly stretching out her hand as if she were an applicant who'd just finished a job interview, but Taylor pressed it warmly. I'll be looking forward to this evening. His smile made her warmer than she'd been all fall. As she walked with Pip toward the nurse, she felt Taylor's kind gaze following them, somewhat surprised to realize that she was looking forward to their dinner tonight just as much as he was. Chapter 34 We'll get those results from the strep test back in a few minutes, the PA explained. Kimmy was still sweating from having to hold Pip down while the physician's assistant tried to swab the back of his throat. Tabitha scowled at her pad of paper. May as well write him a prescription now because I can pretty much guarantee it's going to come back positive. Kimmy felt much more comfortable with the PA she met last night than the one examining Pip today. Tabitha was old and ill-humored and made Kimmy wonder if she had outlived her lifetime dose of both compassion and bedside manners. She stopped scribbling and looked up. How old did you say your son is? Kimmy had explained earlier that Pip was her brother, but this was the second time since Tabitha had made the same mistake. It wasn't worth correcting the PA again, so Kimmy just answered, three. Tabitha still stood, frozen, with her pen poised over her pad. Three years and how many months? He'll turn four in November. Tabitha narrowed her eyes. Three years, ten months. She glared at him while emphasizing these last two words. Ten months, Kimmy repeated. Yeah, I guess that's right. The way Tabitha rolled her eyes reminded Kimmy of how her sister might look in another forty years if she ran out of money for all her anti-aging skin treatments. And he doesn't talk at all? Tabitha asked. Kimmy searched for a polite way to remind the provider that her patient was sitting right in front of her, listening in. He does use some words, Kimmy stated defensively, stretching the truth just a little. Tabitha raised a single eyebrow. Single words, I assume? Kimmy stared at her blankly. He's not stringing words together yet to form sentences, the PA pressed. Kimmy shook her head, feeling just as ashamed as her brother would be if he understood this conversation. No sentences. Not yet, she added as a hopeful aside. Tabitha reached for a brochure. And who's his pediatrician? You're taking him to someone in town, I assume. 
Kimmy felt far too intimidated and bewildered to admit that Pip had never seen a health care provider until his trip to the emergency room last night. There's a naturopath in Eagle River, she answered, careful to word her statement in a way that was not technically a lie. Well, Tabitha went on, I'm sure I have no idea if a naturopath utilizes the same developmental screening methods as a real doctor, but it's clear to me that this child is lacking in his development and could benefit from speech intervention services. She reached into a drawer and pulled out a brochure. In all honesty, I was surprised when you told me he wasn't receiving any therapy already. They'll do free home visits through the state for all income brackets, she added, carefully eyeing Kimmy. She took the brochure with a humble, thanks, and was relieved when a nurse popped back in. The test came back positive, he announced. Tabitha nodded at him with a smug look, then handed Kimmy a prescription form covered in scribbles. Take this to the pharmacy. Expect it to take them ten or fifteen minutes to get everything ready. Follow the directions on the bottle. And you really should make that call for speech services. Most experts say that intervention before the age of two is most ideal. After that, the window of opportunity shrinks exponentially as a child ages. Shutting her ears to Tabitha's ominous prognosis, Kimmy sighed with relief when the P.A. stepped out. Kimmy ran her hand across Pip's forehead. You doing all right, Buster? She searched his face for clues that might indicate how much, if any, of the conversation with Tabitha he'd understood. Kimmy knew there was far more to her brother than the P.A. gave him credit for, but she also knew that Tabitha was probably right about some things. If Kimmy had known Pip could get free speech therapy through the state, she would have convinced her mom to make it happen. Instead of a home visit, maybe the specialist could have worked with Pip at the daycare. How much farther along might he be if Chuck hadn't kept them slaves in his trailer, unable to reach out to anybody on the outside for help? She shouldn't have wasted precious minutes in the waiting room, staring at Taylor, acting like a starstruck schoolgirl, she should have been telling the trooper more about Chuck, helping with the investigation by brainstorming where in the world her stepdad might be hiding out. At least she'd be seeing Taylor again tonight. This time, instead of acting like a stupefied idiot, Kimmy would do everything she could to help him with the case. She would make sure that Chuck was never free to hurt her or her brother again. You've been listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry. Today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by the Beloved Daughter Audiobook, available exclusively on Audible. Visit alanaterry.com beloved to download the Beloved Daughter Audiobook, narrated by two-time Audi Award winner Kathy Garber. If you're new to Audible, you can listen to this award-winning novel right away with a no-risk 30-day free trial when you go to alanaterry.com slash beloved. And don't forget to tune in soon for the next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Thanks for listening.